hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast for two sisters. Yeah, travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. I would have stopped you if it wasn't recording, and I am Megan. No, I'm just making sure we're not on the same input, because we've done that before, mm-hmm. and didn't realize until the entire episode was done. <sighs> that was a depressing day <laughs> i don't even know i think we might have skipped that week that might have been a week that we just were like no we're not absolutely not yeah because it was a long episode there's one i remember it being we were- really like just taxing didn't we record one episode like three times we were in the like early days yeah there are a couple times there are sometimes we've skipped weeks where it's like we actually did it but then something happens <laughs> right before it's supposed to I don't know, be uploaded. Need some? Maybe. What the heck? Am I bothering you? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it just, my subconscious can hear it. (laughs) I don't know. It's my subconscious. Like, nobody even knows what's happening right now. But anyway, uh, (laughs) so thank God this is a tangent, right? (laughs) Yay, surprise. It's tangent number 11. 11, apparently. 11. 11. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, so, well, first of all, I'm going to try not to clear my throat the entire time. I had a salad before this, but then followed it immediately up with a double chocolate cheesecake and Um, then a half tea, half lemonade. So I'm very, uh, sugary in the mouth. And I'm (laughs) drinking bubble teas, so. Which those cans are fine, but you don't get any of the pearls until the very bottom. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, like, (laughs) it's too many. Oh my god! I was gonna make a really dirty joke. I'm glad I didn't. I'm just gonna eat, eat, eat right back in my. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. You don't want to sound too straight. Something with balls. Yuck. And gargling, maybe. Anyway, Ew. so oh my god. <laughs> uh, I have a headache, I... so this ought to be good. I even had coffee today, so I'm not sure what the problem is. I've been having headaches lately. Is this it? Is this the? <laughs> is this how I go? <laughs> Because I've, uh, <laughs> I've had coffee yesterday and today, and both days I've had, like, splitting headaches. Yikes. Well, how much water have you had? I'm actually drinking more water now than I have in a long time. How I'm keeping much? a tracker. I don't oh, know. That's tr- <laughs> well, today I've had essentially zero. There you go. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you guys, did a small office workout in my office that's redundant i i did a 10 minute workout in my office today and why i was like 10 minutes and i looked at i said this is going to be pointless why did i i had to shut my door and took my shirt off it was just in my tank top and um i was warm um well it was kind of a mess maddie just recently bought kettlebells and i was like we were gonna go to the gym and then we didn't, it just, listen, I've been paying their rent for years and years, and I haven't been for years and years, but anyway, yeah. it's kind of annoying. I don't want to think about the amount of money I've spent and not gone, and I'm not doing it now. So she bought <laughs> kettlebells, and we're like, we'll do like, a, I looked up on YouTube, it was like a 15-minute full-body kettlebell workout. And honestly, the first, the first exercise of however many was kind of, I was like, oh no, it's just going to be 15 minutes of this. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I was sweating at the end. It sucked. Uh, I also realized I probably need a yoga mat or something because we have hardwood floors and it was like, get down like on your knees and do this like push up thing. And I, my knees were sliding. I was like, this is disgusting. Ooh, I got a yoga mat from uh, a store that 
And it's not those thinny minis that you roll up and you can carry on your back. I'm talking, think elementary school, middle, uh, probably elementary school, the trifold blue mats that oh, they yeah. pull out, real thick boys, mm-hmm. bought it. It's inch thick, right? So when you fold it up, I mean, it's it's thick. Three inches? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Kelsey. So, um, but yeah, you lay that out on the ground. I mean, oh. Oh, because I couldn't do the thinny minis no more. I said, my knees are getting No, wrecked. I know. Yeah. When it was like, get on your knees and do this. I was like, <laughs> like, because on the hardwood. Oh, God. Uh, and then we did a 15 minute like stretching cool down thing. Um, and so just it's so distracting. Do you have something? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Paper. Oh, um, my God. Everyone's going to be like, what is happening? It's fine. It's anyway, fine. Anyway. Um. I no, it was a 15 minute like stretching thing and that was worse and I realized how not flexible I am <laughs> and how long it's actually been since I worked out and it was embarrassing and I haven't done it since so well yeah that's the thing that bothers me is I people who know me personally know that I went on a weird weight loss roller coaster where before COVID it was like 2017 I think is when I started to work out it was the new year I did new year's resolution like I always do where I'm like I'm gonna lose weight and then I never did and for whatever reason that year I was done done I said I can't do this anymore and I ended up losing 60 pounds in a year which people have lost more and less in the same amount of time it's everyone's different whatever and I was happy with the 60 pounds it wasn't where I wanted to be but it was better yeah and I was going to like fitness class hour-long fitness classes and like I'd make it the full hour I would go on jogs. I was actually jogging at one point, not just walking. And doing these 10-minute workouts are humbling. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like, my God. It's one of those, in my brain, I'm like, well, I did all these classes and stuff. Sure. And that's why I'm like, 10 minutes? That's nothing. Uh, It is when you gained all the 60 pounds back. (laughs) Yeah. I used to go to the gym fairly frequently. Um and I always, it's a minimum an hour. And everyone's like, you go for an hour? I'm like, I do 35 minutes on the treadmill. And then I do like 15 minutes of, and then, oh, well, and then it's like 25 minutes of whatever body area uh, yeah. I choose that day. Like legs, arms, back, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to do that. And now I'm like, 15 minute full body workout? No. I was sweaty and it was stupid. <laughs> so anyway, uh it's a tangent. We can talk about whatever we well, want, but we do have like of. a, yeah, we do have a, a topic topic. Thank you. Uh-huh. An overarching topic of what we're going to talk about, uh, which is fixations. Our current fixations. Current fixations. Yes. Yeah, like but, us personally. Yeah. So one of those being uh, uh, working out. I'm trying to get back into that lifestyle. I talk a big mean game. I don't do much, but. It kills people. Like I can see the look on their face when they're like, well, have you tried ABC, XYZ? I'm like. Oh, and you give them like the whole breakdown of like how you used to be and how you used to work out and what you used to eat and what you would restrict and what you wouldn't and blow. And they're like, oh, I'm like, it's all the knowledge yeah. is here. Yeah, the knowledge is up here. It's the motivation. I am lazy and not putting it into COVID. The pandemic, the lockdown absolutely wrecked everything for me. Um, My mother-in-law had passed away that February of 2020. And then it was like April of 2020. Lockdown went into place, I think. And um, yeah, I just I was in the hospital a lot with her 
And when she came home and stuff and I wasn't eating right, I wasn't working out anymore. I tried to, but I was just so distracted. And then when the pandemic happened, of course, everything shut down. I tried to go to the gym when they opened it back up with my mask on and I just like couldn't get into it. And then I stopped going. And the next thing I knew, I gained every single pound I lost back and I'm devastated. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? New year, new us. And this year I like kind of mean it. It's only February. It's only the end of February. So there's still plenty of time. There's no reason to say, oh, well, I missed, uh, you know, I missed the January train, so I guess we'll wait till next January. No, That's a silly thing to say, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like every time I do this, it's when it's starting to get like the first quarter of the year into the middle of the year, because it's Mm -hmm. when that first real sun and (sighs) warmth hits you, and you're like, I can be a better person. It's like walking into a Hobby Lobby. As soon as it's not, you don't walk into Hobby Lobby and you're like, I could do something with my life. Like, you don't ever feel that way? Yes. Okay. Like, I walk in, I'm like, I can be somebody. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's how I feel every time I walk into Hobby Lobby. But I think that's just on the whole undiagnosed possible ADHD because I, again, with the fixations, like I, you, you find a hobby and you spill your heart and soul into it. And then suddenly you're like, well, now I'm bored and you move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I uh, when the sun came out, oh, my God. And it was warm. I'm telling you, anyone who has seen Inside Out, this is crazy, but I had just watched the movie like the day before with my daughter. And at the very end, you know, Riley goes on this whole journey where she starts losing all of her emotions. I mean, it's a big PSA, right? So it gets to the end where she finally realizes she comes to her senses and she's making a mistake. And she goes back home to mom and dad and she runs into mom and dad's arm and hugs them. And then like the music stops and it's silent and you just hear her go. And then it's like, that's the feel like just this very sad. You see just the absolute anguish on her face. Like, I'm so sorry. And then she just takes that deep breath. And it's like, that's how I felt walking out. All that to say is when I walked out the front door, I did a Riley where I was like tears in my eyes. Just (laughs) I know I wrote, I had the windows down, the music up. Oh my God. (laughs) Why? I have a lot of different That was pretty good. Just making a random noise. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I wasn't even laughing. That was just all in my throat. I did something earlier where I was threatening Maple, of course, and did the whole like across the throat, but I made a weird guttural noise. Uh, I cannot replicate it now. And Megan's like, that was, what'd you say, ominous? I said that was chilling. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's gone. I can't make the noise now. No, 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 no. Well, so we did... I mean, this tangent, I think I feel like some of the tangents we've done have been kind of strict and they're still structured. They're structured. Yeah. This one is still going to have some structure, but I'm feeling I want our tangents to just be I want to go back to the good old days of just like losing ourselves, getting lost in the sauce of whatever the topic Lose is. Lose yourself in the moment. You own it. Yeah. You're never gonna look it. Uh, yeah. It's a uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> we talk about in our episodes when we say, oh, that reminds me and start talking about something. I mean, that's kind of what these should be. So this episode is probably most definitely going to be that. Yeah. So So if you're wondering 30 minutes in, what's the point of this episode? It's, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So do you, you said you wanted to talk about like a little thing first, right? Yeah, I can. You talked about walking into a Hobby Lobby and just knowing you could turn your life around. Yes, yeah. And picking that one hobby with uh ADHD neurodivergence whatever where you're like ah oh, this is this is it I'm working with polymer clay for the rest of my life yeah oh, <laughs> I went through that phase too I had a little oven and everything yeah I also have polymer clay. 
um that i have a pack i didn't open like i got a whole someone bought me like a five pound bag of yeah like really committed you know okay where'd that we're gonna go i don't know we're gonna have to wait to the end okay Um, because we do have a little announcement to make at the end (laughs) don't we well anyway i hope we're on the same announcement no not a clue oh okay well then i'll just whatever okay um no so my thing there was one hobby that i latched on to that I've never let go of for, uh, oh my God, almost two decades. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Is it ghost hunting? No. <laughs> when, yeah, that's one of them. No, that's not it. Oh my God. You're just, you're just not? You really aren't putting this together? No. It's I, been that long? Crochet since, since high school. Oh, yeah. I, I guess started not. crocheting when I was like 15, 16. It, it comes and goes, doesn't it? yeah the crochet well, yeah no. or has it just kind of stayed I'm just like I just always don't pay attention crocheting. yeah <laughs> um now it did go away for a while after I had Jordan because it just I was busy being a mother and then now I'm trying to do it again but she's mobile and she rips the yarn out of my hands while I'm crocheting and she likes to pull my yarn apart and it really upsets me <laughs> but um no crochet has been a hobby of mine for Going on the better part of two decades, which is nuts. And I always, I know I've got the crafty gene, but I sometimes I don't know where to put the output, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and crochet helps sometimes because um, when I first started, I'm like, okay, I made a, a granny square. I made a coaster. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll just make another granny square. Yeah. Well, now I can make a scarf. Well, I guess I'll make 20 scarves. And then I was like, what can you make with crochet? So much. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that the internet exists sometimes because you just find this whole world of people that show you all the things you can make through crochet. And crochet and knitting are different. Mm -hmm. Fiber artists will tell you they are different. (laughs) Don't look at someone holding a single hook and say, oh, they're knitting. Oh, you're knitting? No, No. obviously not. (laughs) And it's also called a hook and not a needle. There's like, it's a whole, the whole language in itself. But um, yeah, so I've started crocheting and I have started to get into cutesy stuff, which was never my vibe, like uh, plushies and things like that. I never did. But this past Christmas, I had crocheted. So, you know, those little Debbie snacks, the Christmas tree cakes. Yeah. Wonderful. I crocheted two pillows of the white Christmas tree cakes. Uh-huh. And I was very proud of them because I didn't use a pattern. I did it all on my own. I've written a pattern. Yeah. And I can share it now with anyone who's interested, all my okay. fiber artists out there. And now the next thing I'm working on, I had to get a pattern. I didn't know where to start. I'll be honest. Like, I can see it in my head and I could, like, draw it out, but I wouldn't have known how to... Especially with the pattern I'm going off of, I'm like, I would have never guessed this is how you made it. Yeah. But Easter's coming up. Okay. I want to make chocolate bunnies pillows. Okay. So they're going to be cute with the little bows. Oh, my God. (laughs) I wanted to make peeps. Yeah. Which seemed like it was going to be easy if you think about the shape of a peep. But for some reason, I was like, why is this so hard? It seems like, okay. So Maddie has also been crocheting and knitting for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yes, she does both. Yes, yeah. She actually learned to knit first and then crochet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also learned how to knit first and then crochet. But, and she'll, I'm sure I will get a text if I'm wrong <laughs> and she's listening. But, uh, 
anyway, she was trying to show me how to crochet. I think I already talked about this. And you like, showed me some of your work. Listen, it got... It's not bad. It's not bad, but like... It, when she starts the first few rows, I'm like, I can do this. This is fine. And it's really inconsistent, but I can do it. Uh-huh. Starting with, if someone just hands you a, a length of yarn and they're like, make a square. Like, I can't even wrap my head around how it's supposed to start. And I'm telling you, <laughs> I haven't felt a rage like that. Trying to start the first couple rows of crocheting in a long time. Like, the anger that... I did it for hours. Hours I tried to get a single row. I will tell you, uh, chaining, making a chain, I hate working out. It's like, okay, now turn and single crochet back along your chain. I hate working in the chain. It's the worst because it's so thin and my hands are so mean. Yes, I'm like, how? what do I even get... When you start with you have one single crochet... And then you do a second little hoop and a third. I was like, what are my fingers supposed to hold on to? First of all, I got big meaty claws. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, there's a stitch you need to learn, which it is. I mean, it's a next step. So if you're, if you're in it to win it. I'm not ready. Maddie keeps saying, she's like, you need to learn to crochet so we can make things and sell them and open a little crochet shop. And then she immediately follows up with, but please don't do that because I don't want to open a crochet shop. Like you don't (laughs) want to, sometimes you don't want to turn hobbies into. Into work. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say there's a stitch you can learn, and it is a double crochet foundation stitch. So what you're doing, instead of making your little chain links and then having to go back and go into each link, you're creating your chain link and your first row at the same time. So that way when you're done, you have a thick band to work with to go back. Which that sounds lovely. That sounds nice. I mean, you have to have the patience because, I mean, it's tedious to get, it's always tedious to get the first row going. Yeah. God, yes. But once you get that length, I mean, just do a a stitch of like 10 or 20 and then just practice that. Oh, but it's going to be a little, because you got to know, everyone's like, work in the back V and you're like, oh, I'm out. That's exactly what she, she's like, it's easier (laughs) if you do it from the back side. And I'm like, it's really not. Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) You'll get it. I swear. (laughs) I don't know. I've put that down for a little bit. So like now I feel like I'm going to be starting back from square one. Oh, it's okay. But I like crocheting. I understand if it's not your thing, but I like to crochet. I did knit. I don't know how to anymore. I watch Maddie and I'm like, that looks familiar, but I don't think I could make my hands do it again. And maybe it's like riding a bike. I don't know. I should pick up knitting needles and see if it works. I don't know. She's knitting like a sweater, some socks. Oh, with like really thin yarn mm -hmm. and really thin needles. And I said, is it, when's it going to be ready? Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) This coming Christmas, 2024. Um. Oh, yeah, well, that's my first fixation that will, I think, I think I found my long haul hobby. I still, listen, I don't want to get existential because here's the thing. <laughs> uh, I said at work the other day that people, I get stressed because people find things that they enjoy and then like they just make a living out of it or they do that for what it, I'm scared because I haven't filmed the thing that brings me joy yet and I'm 32 years old and I'm like, well, one day it's gonna click one day i'm that there's gonna be that like that so raven Uh moment where i'm like oh my god this is it um i don't know sorry i'm what it's supposed to be colder tomorrow sorry i'm looking at the weather colder than today yeah it says cooler tomorrow with a high of 46 (laughs) i can't (laughs) 
I can't. <laughs> I know. I know. And then it stays that way for a little bit. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I don't know. Where have I gone? I haven't found the thing that sparks joy yet. And it's stressing me out. But anyway, I'm going to say my first fixation is fairly recent. And I've always been kind of interested in it. It started right around Christmas time. And it was with a group of friends and they were yeah they were like do you want to play do you want to join i was like yeah i guess so it's pokemon (laughs) and listen because someone they're like well how do you play with pokemon cards because here's the thing we are you good over there jim carrey (laughs) (laughs) y'all i keep picking at my teeth i had pork buns before this oh my god and now i have a little bit of pork in my teeth and I'm but you like got your stuff. lips stuck on your gums I did. <laughs> that's what's making her so upset i'll find i'm looking away three times i'm looking away now well the gym the teeth thing was on purpose see i mm-hmm. didn't do it on purpose i you were just stuck <laughs> yeah you don't just do that sometimes anyway so it's one of my <laughs> no <laughs> anyway. no i don't <laughs> Uh, but one of my friends, my other friends that don't play, they were like, how do you just play with Pokemon cards? Because let's be honest, all of us collected Pokemon cards when we were little. We had some. And they were cute. Yeah. Like, I didn't actually play with them. I just liked having them. And I know people did I thought then. you played with the next door neighbors. I might have, but I don't recall. Hmm. Uh, but the point is, I feel like. I, I feel like I didn't really quite understand how to play then because I also had Yu-Gi-Oh cards and I didn't know understand how to play then. And now, because someone was like, so what do you do? Like, how do you make them fight? And I'm like, (laughs) it does seem kind of silly, and it's really hard to explain. But all I know is we played. I won this tournament having never played before at at our friend's Christmas thing. Mm -hmm. And I won a little pack of cards. And apparently, my very first pack that I opened, uh, I opened a pretty, not a pretty rare card, but some of them have higher values than other. There's something called full art cards mm-hmm. where the entire card is an artwork from edge to edge. Like but Yeah. And in the first pack that I ever opened, I found a full art card worth like, uh, $14, I think. Mm-hmm. And most cards are like cents, a few cents. Yeah. And so to find this $14 card, they were like, Holy crap. Like what? <laughs> um, like, I think I just opened one today that was, a. Uh, I looked it up. What was it? Uh, $5 card, which is still not as much, but. Right. Anyway, uh, it's so, I won that, I opened it, and I said, it's like, it's like Christmas every time you open a pack. And when I opened <laughs> that and I rode that high, they were like, are you ready to lose your life savings to Pokemon yet? And I said, I don't know. I got to think about it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, our a local, like gaming place holds tournaments and they just recently started holding pokemon ones and they're like do you want to come play and i was like i mean i guess and i'm playing and i'm gonna be honest i'm terrible i get (laughs) the only time i ever win is if i get a buy like because you automatically get a win if you get the buy round nice um and i think i did beat somebody one time and i got i technically got like third place because there wasn't a lot of us there that day i said thank god um so I'm still not very good at it, and I'm still trying to learn. Uh, I had looked up some, uh, what do you call it, facts on my different fixations, just little things, and I didn't write this down. Mm-hmm. But I was curious, because I was like, oh, like when did the show happen, and when did that spark the card game, and when did that spark... It's completely backwards. You know what came first? The cards. The Nintendo game was the first Pokemon iteration. 
Oh. That came out in 96, and then followed was the show, and then the cards. At first, I was going to say the name didn't make sense then, but it does, because Pokemon, translated loosely, is Pocket Monster. Yep, so, it started on the Game Boy. Yeah, if you think, I mean, they put, they catch them in the Pokeball, and then they put the balls in their pockets, yep. their bags, whatever. Yep. So, so the, the Game Boy game was actually the first Pokemon thing. And then I think the show and then the cards, like very closely, it was like 96, 97, 97. Brick Game Boy, not oh, yeah, the big Game Boy Color, one. not that mess. No, no. So the card game itself came after in 97-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, has it evolved, no pun intended. <laughs> like there's, it's crazy how much you can, like I we just went today to look for some cards and I saw a $50 Charizard like foil holographic ex blah 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 like there's all these crazy things right mm-hmm. i was like i can't i would get charizard but i don't even have a fire deck so i when i tell you i'm not dipping my life savings into it yet <laughs> but i every time i see cards now i'm like <laughs> and i have to like <laughs> look at the heavy breathing heavy fast breathing um because you want to find rare ones you want to find the V maxes and the EXs and the hollow foils and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I have found a few, which is cool. Like I was telling you, I'm so mad because I thought a card that I found was like a, a good card. It's a, uh, it was a hollow foil, uh, radiant steelix mm-hmm. that you can only, ha- it says on there, like you can only have one of these cards in your deck. And it was so, I was like, oh my gosh. And, you can tell how rare a card is just by like face value. At the very bottom, there's a little symbol. If it's like a little circle, it's pretty basic. Yeah. If it's a diamond, it's like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And if it's a star, it's like, that's kind of rare. Then there's like gold stars, holograph, like different kinds of star levels. Uh-huh. And my understanding was I thought this was like one of the, the up there ones. Like I looked up what I thought it was mm-hmm. and they were selling for like $50. And then there was one on eBay for $150. I said, there's no way. Oh like I was sweating God. it and I told my group, my friend group, I was like, guys, I know I don't know much yet, but like, I think I might be onto something here. Tell me why my friend who like love him, but he, it's frustrating because <laughs> he knows so much, uh, but he knows so much. So he's got to burst your bubble. He sends me a screenshot of the card worth 14 cents. I said, who? The one- <laughs> right, how? That's insane to me that. Yeah, it just seemed so fancy. I was like, well, that's really deceiving because it looks really fancy and it sounds really fancy and you can only have one per deck and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? 14 now, cents. Do you do the trick when you open the cards where you like put three behind or whatever? Yeah, because it, I've learned, I'm learning that still. Mm-hmm. So certain decks like the ones I was just doing, uh, Lost Origin decks, I can't remember. Uh-huh. You like, with the cards face down, you like put those cards underneath so you go one two three four flip it and then you should start you'll know it basically just gives you like the fanciest card at the end you know what the big hitter is going to be and you'll know if you did it right when you flip the cards to start looking at them and the first card is an energy card basically you want your first card to be an energy card and then you start going and it starts from like the base level and then they get like fancier and fancier things i never knew i didn't realize they're packed a certain way which yeah i mean and people won't look and i'm starting to learn like how to properly pull them and Mm -hmm. i still know next to nothing like i feel like i played around because there's also tcg live Uh which is you play on your phone and you can build decks on you get a little tcg live playable card in every pack that you get and it basically you get those cards in the app 
Mm-hmm. And what does TCG stand for? The card game? <laughs> possibly. Trading card game, I think. Trading card game. But, okay. uh, yeah, because I think there's TCG Live Pokemon, so mm. sure. And I so I have the deck that I actually play with in person at these tournaments built on this app. And then I can play real people on the app. And I basically use it to practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played around today and I won. And I actually, like every move, I was like, I'm going to do this because then I can b- build this person up in this next move. I can pull these cards. And I was like, I, like, this was the first thing that I was like, I feel confident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the tournaments are always every Saturday. So I still have a while before the next one. I'm like, oh, God. I'm going to forget everything. (laughs) So I'm stressed. Just the stars align for you. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it is definitely a fixation right now because even if I'm not good at it, even if I don't understand the cards or like what they're worth, man, there is something exciting about getting a pack of cards and just like wondering what you're going to get. Fancies. Yeah. I have seen packs open. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I want, the one that I got today that was like a, it's a holographic nine tails I saw. Um, and that's the $5 one. So. For goodness sakes. Uh, Ninetales is one of my favorites. I think Houndoom is one of my favorites, which I do have, but it's not like, it's not a fancy card. It's not a holographic. It's not mm-hmm. EX or VMAX or anything like that. But I feel like Houndoom for some reason. Yeah. When, I mean, John for uh, Christmas two years ago, I think, he asked me what my favorite Pokemon was. And I don't know why, but that's like, I didn't have to think long about it. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Ninetales. Yeah. I mean, Ninetales is good. Mm-hmm. And it's a fire type. You wouldn't think so, except when you start to get into the other regions, then it's like an ice type and it's... Yeah. 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 And those things really <laughs> take effect. Like, you can focus on the weaknesses and you can put your opponents to sleep. Basically, there's little markers and little chips you put. Mm-hmm. So if someone attacks you and it's like, now your Pokemon is paralyzed, I have a little chip that I put on there so I can remember, like, I can't do anything until I use something to remove it. So, I mean, it's all there. Mm-hmm. I, it's a little imaginative, but I like it. Well, see, like, I never really got into the D&D campaigns and stuff. I tried. I played D&D a little bit with, or like a, a basic a version. variation, yeah, yeah. Of it wasn't D and D. I cannot remember what the heck it was called. Uh oh man, I know what you're. I know what it is, but I because I played it also, but I can't think for the life of me like, what it is. It it's a one day game. Like you don't a couple hours at most. It's not dead by day. No, not that one. <laughs> but it was the one that our friend group did, where they sent us our. We picked whatever. Um, campaign if you will wanted to do like the prison escape or yeah. zombies or whatever man i can't remember i don't remember what that was but the uh, i know what one you're talking about and i also can't think of the name of that but it was a zombie one and that was there's like murder at the house on the hill or something like that like that's another one mm-hmm. but yeah I, i've done D light and it was okay but i feel like i cannot commit to a long-term campaign I just, my life is too busy. So that's why I'm afraid. Oh, they'll find ways to work around. They're like, we'll do one shots. We can just throw you in as like a, and I'm like, I'm stressed. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I just feel like my life is so busy anymore that (laughs) I just can't. It's appealing to an extent, but yeah, that's just something that I haven't gotten into. (laughs) Okay. Well, what else are you fixating on? Well, um, I'll go with this one. So okay. it's, uh, 
No, I'm going to change it because let's let's do kind of spice it up a little bit. So this is kind of a weird one. It's not necessarily a specific thing, but rather a a director's works. So, okay, I have since I have had a child, I have watched so much Disney. (laughs) I can't take any more. I can quote so many Disney movies. I am going to perish. Like it's just I can in my sleep. I'm sure. So anytime I get a chance to watch something not Disney, wonderful, magical. And I understand she does not run the TV. We don't just have it on all day long. And I can watch my own stuff. But I mean, there are certain things I can't watch. Uh, John and I tried to watch. Um, fall of the house of usher no no oh. we knew we couldn't do that one but we were watching are you afraid of the dark oh yeah old school but th- one of the episodes it was like the creepy uh, marionette doll yeah and jordan i a- actually watched her like sink into the couch and was like mm. and i said oh, we have to shut this off yeah <laughs> so we couldn't even do uh which i mean i'm not knocking are you afraid of the dark that's some, some no that's it was spooky, spooky yeah but um mike flanagan yeah that's um if i get a chance to watch mike flanagan stuff which there's some of his work i didn't realize was his work and he's worked with the same people for so long i just know the netflix ones right and that's what i was like okay so that's that seems to be this all just came about recently no mike flanagan has been working with these people for a minute Hmm. um he also recently came out with um Stephen King book, Gerald's Game. Okay. He made that into a movie with Claire or Carla or Clara. I cannot remember her freaking name from Son-in-Law. She's in, also plays the mom in the Haunting of Hill House. And oh my gosh, she is in Son-in-Law, isn't she? That's her. Yes. Wow. So, um, I haven't seen Gerald's Game yet, but essentially it's a husband and wife last ditch effort to like, spark that you know whatever zest in their life again and they go to some cabin or whatever and they're getting into some spicy play where he uh um handcuffs her to mm-hmm. the bed yeah and then he dies of like a heart attack and she's stuck handcuffed to the bed in a cabin in the middle of nowhere oh my god yeah no <laughs> so that's the movie um uh, that's what I, I've It was made starting to, to give the the strangers vibes, but I mean I don't know beyond that and uh, hopefully that's like I, I didn't have the description there in front of me, obviously. So I don't know if that is an accurate description, but yeah, I wasn't sure where it was gonna go because I saw the picture of it. I'm like, okay, so the husband's gonna be like a sadist or something. Yeah. But yeah. no, he he just like gets too excited <laughs> and dies and then she's Jesus. stuck handcuffed to a bed. Mm-mm. So it's like Castaway meets The Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you ever see The Strangers with Liv Tyler? Yeah. Does that have the blender scene? Oh, what? I don't remember. Okay. I've, I've only seen it once and I remember it being... I I actually, in my memories or something, it came up and I was like, just watch The Strangers and I give it a four out of ten or something. Uh-huh. And I said three of the four points came from just Liv Tyler being in the movie. So, oh. so I must have really disliked it, but for some reason I always talk about it. I'm going to have to watch it again. I feel like it, there's a blender part, which you can only imagine it's a horror movie with a blender. So some yeah. body Well, that reminds me of Fear in. Street. Have you watched the Fear Street trilogy? 
No. Man, no. I honestly do it. Yeah. Yeah, because they're... <laughs> It's not a blender, but it gives the same vibes. And you're like, they're not going to show this because Fear Street is like, it's R.L. Stein, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like scary, but like, are you afraid of the darks? I don't know. There were things and I'm like, they won't show this. And then it happened. And I was like, like grabbing my, I was like, <laughs> no, there's no way. There's there's a specific uh, death that happens that I said, this is just scaring me like it's just a little butthole pucker oh no Uh, and then it actually happened i was like whole oh and it i think the worst part is it's so close to the end you're like you almost 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 made made it it. um yeah the truth and they don't follow each other they're i don't understand the fear street books i'm confused because there's a ton of them first of all and there's only Uh three parts to the trilogy uh and they like are sort of concise but uh-huh. not, they are, it's confusing. I, w- I would watch them again. We watched them on our honeymoon, actually, so. Nice. Um, no, I've not watched it yet. I also am just, I love Sadie Sink as an actress, uh-huh. and she's in the second part. Uh-huh. And it's, I don't know, it's just good stuff. I think, I said my fixation's Mike Flanagan. That's not necessarily true. I did get to watch Finally Fall, The House of Usher, in the dark deep the dark of night. night yes while jordan was sleeping because that's the only time i could and i i mean i'm into the whole i i went to school for english literature i that's what i i got my freaking degree in not english teaching y'all english literature you mm-hmm. heard that right so i'm into all the edgar Allan poe stuff anyway and each episode is based off a different edgar Allan poe story and i was like i'm down i'm here mm-hmm. for it and it was really good. I enjoyed it. And it had that Mike Flanagan flair. Yeah. But I think my fixation really is with just not even horror movies, just kind of out there movies and books even. Because for a second there, I was scrolling through Goodreads and I started looking at these books, these like splatterpunk books. Mm-hmm. There are so many different genres. And splatterpunk is definitely a I mean, is it not body horror? It is. It yes, it is. But it's also like see, that's why I'm like, I feel like you're getting too You're splitting hairs. At this point. Yeah. But a lot of them will label themselves as splatterpunk and it's it's body horror. It's the worst thing you could imagine happening to people happening to people. And I've read a few of those books with no shame. Like, um, yeah, I'm afraid to throw out some titles because I don't want you guys to go read them and go, Jesus Christ, Megan. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can talk to Maddie about them because she reads some messed up stuff. But Well, I had Maddie read two books that I had because she had me read some of hers, like Tender as the Flesh, which is mm-hmm. not splatterpunk. Yeah. Um, and I also read Nothing But Blackened Teeth. Mm, yeah. which was a weird one and not like that great. i read tender is the flesh i didn't read that one tender is the flesh actually made me cry at the end, mm-hmm. so. it's so frustrating it's another <laughs> one of those it's your pages from the end and you're like how can this possibly wrap up yeah and then terrible. it does and you're like wow but i read one book uh called a hundred percent match and mm-hmm. Oh God, it's a short one, but the end was so gross. Uh, the whole book, the whole book was nasty. I just, ew, 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 ew. And, um, but I still read it and kind of <laughs> found it sort of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one book I read that I like absolutely cannot get behind, it made me so mad. And it was my first interaction with the author, which sucks. 
Uh, but it's called No One Writes for Free. I'm telling you guys right now, you can read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absolutely disgusting. It is. There was no point to that book except for how many just absolutely stomach-churning things can I put in a book. I feel like I've heard of books like that that Maddie might have read, like mm-hmm. uh, Womb. Uh, that, or see, even that had some kind of plot. Dead Inside. Uh, I've not read Dead Inside yet. But you've heard about it. I've heard about it. It's something. So I've heard. I haven't read these things, but... No One Writes for Free is this mother taking her two college-age children back to to college. And they get stopped by a guy who... he. They stopped at a gas station. He climbs in the backseat of the car. So when they come back out of the car and start driving away, he's like... Pulls out a gun. He's like, you're going to do any- whatever I say. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that involves, I mean, there's, <sighs> I don't even know if I want to say it. There's a lot of just gross stuff, like pee-pee-poo-poo stuff and, like, mm-hmm. incest and, like, mm-hmm. um. Getting some VC Anders in here. <laughs> is that like, who it is? Incest. That does. R word, like, uh, yeah. essay. And- yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I would imagine- they didn't it wasn't want consensual yeah. incest. Um, necrophilia. Uh, I mean, this book is like maybe 100 pages. So some people just write things. It's like the scene. Have you seen Don't Breathe? Yes. With Dylan Minnette. And yes. They've, yes. We've talked yes, about this It's that scene where you could have cut that scene out. And, or you could have cut that little tidbit out and like made it play out a different way in the movie. The plot, the whole structure of the movie wouldn't have changed a single bit. No. Uh, it was just there and the director has gone on record saying he did it. Like every good horror movie has that shocking, like you can't get it out of your mind scene. And I'm like, there's a difference between shock value for like the purpose of the plot and shock value to just be gross. And you were just being gross. Well, you know what ticks me off? It still worked. Because here we, we are talking, are talking about, about it. it. It's true. But like, I talk about it in a way that I'm like... I'm mad. It was bad. Like, it did nothing for the plot. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this book um, in particular, the author came out later and said that she challenged herself, which it was written by a woman, a woman, which shocked me. Yeah. Um, I just immediately in the first couple pages, I said, a man wrote this. Just how the woman was written, how the female mother character was written... I was talking about like she's just cannot stop thinking about how horny she is and she's so glad that her kids are going back to college so that she can just have her sex parties like she normally does. Interesting. Apparently yeah. She has big old orgies. At I the mean, house don't constantly. don't we all? And you know. And now that I'm in my 30s, I want to know where all these people are. Like, I'm not having sex parties in my place. Put a like, pineapple on your. Oh God, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I just maybe things were. And maybe it's just different times. But who are you, people? Where are you? Yeah. I don't. I don't want to join. I just want to know. Yeah, just so I can steer clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's this author challenged herself. No one asked her. No one put her up to this that I'm aware of. She challenged herself to write, edit, and publish a book in 10 days. Like, from I have a concept I want to put on paper to it's now in my hands as a book, 10 days. That's what she wanted. Did you say, and you can tell? Everyone said that. They're like, it's really unfortunate because I like this author's other stuff because she does 
splatterpunk and they're like this one was so stupid and who who asked you to do this no one asked you yeah (laughs) so you took a you took a gamble and you lost yes you certainly did uh anyway yeah uh, just warning to those i already told you guys like the worst that i can i it's scarred into my head but you can i mean if you want to read those books go read those books yeah but then like we were talking about e24 and stuff and it just yeah listen we could have a whole tangent episode on just like a24 stuff what your wife is texting me oh god she said haha i hear you talk about the book in there (laughs) (laughs) and it's nasty. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I will get say my next fi- fi- fixation. I don't, I'm getting scared. We're talking about crazy stuff. Uh, my next fixation uh, is much more lighthearted. Much more That's lighthearted. That's I said I don't want to end on this. So I'm going to say yeah. it now. Uh, and it is, I, there's, I'm not going to sugarcoat it huh, or lead up to it. It's the Great British Baking Show. You're on that again? Yes, I'm on it again. <laughs> well, because I got Maddie on it. Like, because I did. I watched it. I watched a few seasons. Like, we're going to watch one more season of what I've seen. And then after that, I stopped watching. I haven't caught up. Uh-huh. Uh, and we watched, like, the first two seasons in just a few weeks. We watched, the like, the first few episodes. And she was like, well, I want to play video games. But I also want to keep watching the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> so it's honestly... If you just need a feel good, if you like baking shows at all, competition shows, and you just want like a feel good thing, th- that's my recommendation to you. <laughs> it's punny. It's silly. They do they do such silly things. First of all, okay, well, first of all, what you can see, it's on Netflix. Okay. And the host, one of the hosts is Noel Fielding, who happened to play uh, Old Greg. Which, if you were around for those if days. If you're old enough to know who Old Greg is, it then he's a transsexual merman so, old greg is old greg is yeah <laughs> noel felding might also be a transsexual <laughs> merman but um anyway the reason why i like the great british bake-off or okay well that's the problem so there's the great british bake-off and there's the great british baking show mm-hmm. we as americans get the latter because okay. the former is only in the uk i didn't look up the specifics on this but i know i watched with my own eyes, the first, <laughs> I'm annoyed because there are, I think now, 14, they call them collections instead of seasons. Um, so proper. I know. When you That's go America. to America. <laughs> when you go to Netflix, the first one you can see is collection five. And you're like, well, where did the first four go? Mm-hmm. Um but that's okay because if you check on the Great British Baking Show website, that collection five is actually collection nine on the website. And I'm like, what is happening? Uh- so what I saw, I can promise you, I watched collections one through four beforehand, mm-hmm. which would actually just be four through eight <laughs> on uh-huh. the website. It gets confusing. I think what happened is, and don't quote me on this, like I said, I this is all made up was there was a misunderstanding or just like a budding of heads with the original hosts and the channel that it was on. So it was on like BBC Four or something like that. It's coming. Gosh, darn it. (laughs) We made it so close. Um, Did we? Because I've still got more to talk about. (laughs) Anyway... It was, no, I have a whole other thing to talk about, too. Uh, it was on a BBC channel, and then suddenly there was, like, 
uh, frustrations between the host or something. The original hosts that I saw were Mel and Sue. Mm-hmm. And they are like, they've been friends in real life for a long time. They're both comedians. They both do other shows. Um, and then suddenly it's Noel and Sandy are these new hosts. And it's on a new channel. And you can't call it the Great, Great British Bake Off anymore. It's the Great British Baking Show. So basically like all rights got cut. And America doesn't get to see those anymore, which at some point I must have because I saw Mel and Sue and that I really liked them and I was really upset when they left. But I do like the new hosts now. Mm-hmm. The first three or four collections that we're not even talking about, I think, are just exclusive to not America because you can't find I can't find I've never seen them. I looked mm-hmm. at the people in those seasons. I was like, I've never in my life seen these people. So <laughs> uh, but anyway, give it up. It's just fun and lighthearted, and the reason why I like it is a lot of American competition shows, American competition, like, cooking shows, baking shows, they're mean. Like, look at Gordon Ramsay. I understand oh, that that's what... we watch Hell's Kitchen. I understand that's, like, his shtick, you know, but uh-huh. it's just sort of... To give you an example, when Mel and Sue were uh, the hosts, what they, like, people get, you know, stakes are high, and... You get flustered and frustrated and upset with if things don't go right. And if people started crying on camera, like if they started getting upset and started crying, mm-hmm. Mel or Mel and or Sue would get in front of the cameras and start saying like super explicit things, like really bad things they couldn't air uh-huh. so that the directors, the producers would have to cut the contestant crying no. so they didn't have to see that on TV. <laughs> Um, and they help each other. Like it'll get down to like the last, they're like, all right, you've got like 30 seconds left. You got a minute left or whatever. And some of the bakers will be done. And there's an episode in the first collection you can watch where a few people are already done. Someone's fallen like really behind. Right. Mm -hmm. And like four people are at one bench and they're like, what do you need me to do? And they create like this little assembly line. They're like, where do you need these cookies to go? What do you, what decoration do you need? And there's like one person plating and one person decorating and one person like drying the, it's, it's so wholesome and so nice. Yeah. And like every time somebody has to go home, like pretty much everybody cries and they all (laughs) hug each other. And at the end of each collection, uh, it'll say, uh, here's where they've been in the last year. And it's like, there's this older woman in the first season, uh, Flo is her name. Mm-hmm. And then there's Yan, who is a lesbian married woman. She's wonderful. And there's this girl, I can't remember all their names, but it's like, these two went and visited Flo and they like to, like, they like to visit her every now and then. <laughs> and they do like car karaoke and visit local pastry shops and (laughs) like some people are still lifelong friends i just recently saw a post from one of the old um competitors Mm -hmm. where i think it was a group of them and i was like that person looks familiar and that one and it was like 10 of them all from different series of the baking show that did a marathon together they're like the great british bake-off family and it was like 10 of them oh heck (laughs) um yeah and it just shows like these people Ho- they like take turns hosting dinners for each other's every every ch- hosting dinner for each other every Sunday at each other's places. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some of them still hang out and talk today. Like it's just really cute to Precious. see like all of them <laughs> hang out and actually like really be friends. Uh huh. So if you like silly punny things and you don't un- and you don't care about understanding like the difference between like a biscuit in the UK is very very different <laughs> from a biscuit here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a good it's a good show. John and I started watching um, 
home hunters or um what is it that you guys want house hunters house hunters i'm sorry i said home hunters uh but we wanted we kept saying no that it says like episode or season 127 we're like there's where season one we found it did you and start watching it from the 90s oh my gosh and the very first episode it's just this couple they're looking to buy an their first home they're renting technically in the place they're at now but they're looking for uh, uh their first time home it's nothing like today's oh my god first of all you have no idea what the budget is you don't know how much the houses are they don't want to like it disclosed it feels that. very it's, taboo yeah. yeah so it's them and there's like no real music or anything they just walk in they go this is a nice room and then they walk out and yeah. that's yeah i mean it's literally i can see why the show had to get revamped because yeah. <laughs> how far they've come they just well and the i mean you get three houses to look at right i wonder if that's legit because in one of the episodes we watched um they looked at 51 houses in the episode not in the episode oh i was like what? they showed you a handful of them but they're like this was house number 32 and they're like by house 51 they were about to give up they didn't think they're because it was a mom uh, or it was a it was three generations it was the daughter the mom and the grandma Mom's all the living problem, together yeah and the daughter's like, I'm cool with a two-story house. I want my own space because she's like in her 20s or whatever. Mom and grandma are like, I can't do stairs. And they want, <laughs> and they want, they all just want very different things because mm -hmm. they're three different generations. So yeah, 51 houses. And eventually one of the houses they had looked at before, I think it was originally house number eight. Yeah. <laughs> called back and they're like, hey, so the sellers did like a whole remodel on the house if you want to come look at it again. Fell in love and bought it. Okay. All right. Yeah. It, but yeah, that's not. <laughs> yeah. All I know is uh, Great British Baking Show. Wonderful. And actually, one little tidbit before we move on to your last fixation. Yeah. Yes. It's going to have to be. Yeah. And then I'll do one more. Uh, is at the end of this first series that you can watch, one of the... So there are the two judges and two hosts. One of the judges... Uh, but tweeted the winner of the first series she's like congrats so and so like a well-deserved win six hours before the episode aired yeah no. she was somewhere like in a different country with a six hour time difference and like she's old her name is Prue. she's a little older but not like that she still like has everything going you know uh-huh um and she ended up tweeting again and was like, I am mortified. I'm so sorry. Like, I was here and I didn't realize. And the con con contestant that won responded and was like, oh, it's okay. Like, my family just found out sooner. So, yay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. like, nobody got in trouble for it. She just felt very stupid. She's like, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. Like, I can't believe I did this. And then the first episode of the next season, uh, the two hosts are in like Back to the Future get up uh -huh. and uh, the short lesbian first of all is dressed as Marty McFly and then Noel <laughs> Felding the tall one is dressed as Doc Brown uh -huh. and they were just like why are we why are we in Back to the Future and Noel's like well we, we have to hurry and we have to hurry and get back like Prue's about to text or Prue's about to tweet the new winner of the series <laughs> and it's then it like pans over it says one year ago and it's the two uh, judges sitting on the couch and Paul is one judge proves the other. Paul looks uh -huh. over, he's like, what are you doing, Prue? And then you see her like very happily tweeting. <laughs> uh, so like they made fun of it and it's uh -huh. just very funny. I don't know. It's a really good show. That's all. 
and it makes me and now we've actually started baking more like we got a sourdough we got two different sourdough starters one whole wheat and one did you get them from someone or did you go starting from scratch oh mm-hmm. uh, some of them i see they're like here's my hundred year old sourdough yeah, you, you starter keep... sarah and i'm like is it re- is it really a hundred years old it can be you just keep feeding it and then you take some from it and use it and then you keep feeding the original Outrageous. yeah it's wild yeah it just keeps going all right. Well, yeah. my next fixation, because I don't know how long this episode is. I knew, I knew this was going to... This is what happens. But it's fun things. It's fun for us. Get over it if you don't like it. So there is, uh, there's video games that come and go, and some of them just stick with you. Some of them get really big, like uh, Resident Evil goes on to be a whole movie, movie franchise. franchise. Yeah, that's not even close to the mo- the games, but that's okay. No, no if you played the games, you, you know. Uh, Silent Hill even out mm-hmm. here. Um, but it's not a spooky game. I, I promised I wouldn't do all spooky stuff. So I, I didn't promise to you guys, but I promised myself. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did go lighthearted. There's one game came into somehow uh, once upon a time, our mother worked for Blockbuster and which got us access to a lot of like off the wall games and mm-hmm. movies. Because and you get to rent a lot. Oh, yeah, we rented all sorts of stuff and video game consoles. We had a Dreamcast for a minute. Yeah, that was a weird time. No one had a Dreamcast. That's not a thing. Uh, But, yeah, we got to watch all sorts of movies and play all sorts of games. We watched Watership Down. Should have never watched Watership Down. It's still in the kids section today (laughs) at Family Video. Yeah. (laughs) So one game that we played, I don't know if it came from Blockbuster, but, my God, if it didn't just stick with me and just here it is because it came rearing its head up at christmas time oh yeah yeah older sister god bless her she bought us the original game rap city which rhapsody a musical adventure musical adventure now rhapsody is spelled r-h-a-p-s-o-d-y like rhapsody in blue yeah yep so not it's like when you hear you're like rhapsody like we're talking like Rapper the rapper, which is yeah. another whole, whole, whole other game. Oh, that's yeah. Um, but rap. I'm um, Jammer Lammy. You say these things out loud, and they sound so dumb. Mm-hmm. This, that's all like a fever dream. Um, Jammer Lammy. Mm-hmm. I just remember I the onion guy. It. Oh, tr- tr- oh my god! I'm not yes! doing it right now. No. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. Rhapsody. This game. I went ahead and looked up on Wikipedia because I know this one is going to be a little more niche. Uh, like everybody knows Mike Flanagan stuff. I feel like that's just so mainstream. Yeah. This is not. I feel like it's not. No. no. <laughs> so according to Wikipedia, Rhapsody, a musical adventure, is a tactical role-playing video game developed and published by Nippon Ichi Software for the PlayStation. The OG PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It was released in 1998. It is the first installment in the Rhapsody series, which also was like a fun surprise. Yeah, I (laughs) I accidentally got the rest of the series from another person for Christmas because they bought me what I asked for. I didn't realize I asked for the wrong thing. So I have all three parts now. I am. You need to let me know. I know. Uh, A version for the Nintendo DS was released in Japan and North America in 2008 and in PAL regions in 2009. The game was released for Nintendo Switch as part of the Pretty Presents NIC Classic Vo- Classics Volume 3 compilation alongside La Pus- 
Prusel Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which is the combo we got yeah. for Christmas. I was not familiar with La Pucelle, Yeah. But and I'm maybe saying that wrong. Um, it was released in Western regions and for Windows as a standalone game worldwide in 2022. Yay. Wow. The game story focuses on a young girl named Cornette as she seeks to rescue a prince after being turned into stone by a witch. Witch. Okay. <laughs> She's not, Is she? I guess. Listen, Cornette is supposed to be like 14 years old, mind you. Yeah. And she's just she's a humble girl she lives with her grandpa and her grandpa's like a puppet maker and um a puppet uh he fixes them Boy, can yeah I not think of yeah one? repair i don't yeah. know <laughs> she finds out she has this um ability to speak to the puppets mm-hmm. they all have souls and they speak to her and she's like, well, come along with me. And it, it, It's kind of sad because they're not just random souls. It's like souls of people who have attached themselves to these puppets. Yeah, like and stay close like, to their families. And they or... basically are like needing to finish unfinished business. They're like, yes. I need to finish my purpose in life and then I can go. So good. I know it sounds crazy, but... The thing is, Cornette is in love with... She keeps having dreams about this man who saves her in the woods from a dragon. Yeah. And they find out that she's been dreaming about the prince. But the thing is, the okay, it's Japanese anime. She's very thin. Oh, my God. I mean, God. She's, she's a pretty-looking anime girl. Yeah, that, I don't just know like how typical... Yeah. The amount of time she gets called fat in this <laughs> game is the, outrageous. Well, she's in like a in a pageant thing going against <laughs> this girl who is like her main um, it's, antagonist. It's yes, Etoil. Etoil. And they're like, Etoil coming in at like a slim, like whatever, 90. 100 and... Or yeah, 98 pounds and whatever. And then... It's like 95 pounds. And then they're like, here comes Cornette. And they're like at a rotund, like <laughs> 115 pounds. I don't even think it was that. I want to no. say she was like 102. Yeah, and they're like at a bounding, rotund, <laughs> like huge. They, and they call her fat like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's so oh stupid. Oh my god. Some of it's so funny, but the witch that they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the witch is Marjorie. Yeah. And Marjorie is in the least amount of clothing possible. She's they, in like they had to have just invented like a bouncing effect in, in video games. games because her boobs and butt bounce every step <laughs> she takes. She's wearing like, like a she's string an eight, thong. She's an eight bit anime person and you just see like when she steps <laughs> when she laughs oh, oh, oh. oh yeah they they laugh with her everybody laughs <laughs> but it's she's wearing like a string thong and like a bikini top that just covers the nip knops and she has like a long black cape with like a dracula collar yeah and this is like her villain outfit and mm-hmm. i'm just like okay and then she's got her sister's who, oh gosh, it's a whole thing. One of the characters, so one of the puppets you get on uh, on your team first, her name is Charte, but mm-hmm. it's spelled just like Shart. Sharty. S-H-A-R-T-E, Sharty. <laughs> yeah. Um, you get an egg. Actually, that's the egg trio. Mm-hmm. Egg puppets. Um, Billy, Tell, and Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your first one? I think it's Bill. Uh, uh, Billy. Billy is your first egg that you find. Um, You should find. And 
it <sighs> listen i accidentally beat the game before finding like half the puppets and i feel stupid about it so well that's i was i started playing it right because we got it for christmas with my daughter i don't have a lot of time and it upsets me and so i want to sit down and play it and i can't so at best at my best run i got an hour in at one time and i was mm-hmm. like wow and i i feel like it took so much longer to get to the prince and to have him stolen i'm like well that happened in the first two hours of the game like he gone yeah yeah and for gameplay if you guys are not familiar with rpgs um video games they take hours Mm -hmm. several several hours so two hours into gaming is nothing no no but um rhapsody the music we said it's a musical adventure we haven't even touched on that yet i was just thinking listen all i know is when i told people at work because they're like i'll never get to play this game like just tell me how it ends i told them the end and one of them got tears she's like why do i feel like i'm gonna cry i said because you you will (laughs) because you will like i as a wee child when this game came out and we first saw it mm-hmm. remember crying like a baby yeah like <laughs> the music is so good it's just so good i don't even know what to say about it honestly for me loki might have been a gay awakening because like i wanted a toil and cornet to be a thing so bad and they like they honestly sort of flirted they do <laughs> I, you haven't finished the game right no have you gotten to are they on like an abandoned train? Th- are they in no. a worm? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Because that's when she sings true courage to, like, Cornette sings true courage to Etoil. Oh, okay. And it's very, I was like, that whole, basically that whole little tidbit of the game, I was like, just kiss already. Right. Like, what is happening? Yes. Kiss. <laughs> I know. I was like, maybe in my little gay baby brain, I made this up. No. As the further you get in the game, the more you're like, why does a toil care so dang much about Cornette and her well-being? Right. And she said she even, I mean, she comes up at Front Street and says, I don't even want the prince. I don't care. Yes. She's like, I don't care about. I have no interest in him. Yeah. She does. She like keeps helping Cornette and keeps being coming along with her and doing these things for her. And then she's like, "By the way, I'm not in it for the prince." She's like, "I just want and to then just you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, it's all there. It's all there. But the music in it. Yes. First of all, the one I'll, I'll the one song that just it's two seconds long is Atlas USA. But now it's not. <laughs> I have, have you found to, it. I have to go back and play. I haven't played it since we talked. Did you say it was like Nipponichi software is the get, That's Nipponichi. what it sings now. Nipponichi. Did I say it backwards again? No, it's Nipponichi. Okay. Yes. Uh, that's what the chest sings now. And it's really bad. Like I'm really bad. But I mean, timeless classics like True Courage. Oh, or, True Courage is so God. Um, what is the toad song? <laughs> it's not uh, the Amphibian toad. Paradise. Amphibian Paradise. <laughs> uh, you've also got Marjorie's song. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you've got the very beginning, like. Uh, I know come that on. you're up there and I'm waiting for you. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. But the big one that I know we're both saving for the end because it is the last song is Thank, thank you. you. And that one <laughs> makes me cry. 
And the thing is, the the game that we got, it has a soundtrack with it. It has a CD and I don't own a CD player. Uh, my new car that's newer than my older car that didn't have a CD player, this car has a CD player. Oh. I know, and I'm about to bump it all the time. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know if I want to like tell you now and hurt your feelings or not. You told me a scene doesn't happen. Thank you. The she doesn't sing. Are you sure it's just because you didn't fly through everything and miss some parts? No, Brianna said the same thing. It does not. It plays when so there's a scene, something happens, and someone sings "Thank you." Uh huh. To like, it's one of the puppet spirits, and it says "Thank you" to Cornette for letting her find her purpose in life and move on. And she's basically saying thank you and then disappears into the ether. Um, it doesn't happen in the remake. And it thank you just plays over the credits rolling. So she's just, you see the puppet spirit go pop out and say, thanks, bye, and then go away. And that's the end of the game. And then the music plays. Did you look up on... Internet, YouTube to see the ending that we remember. If if it's not like a Mandela effect, I really hope it's not. But also the the song we just sang a minute ago, the very first song doesn't play either. If you don't touch the menu, the main menu screen, and it just like times out. Old games used to do this, where you would just let the menu sit long enough, and then it would start rolling like a credit thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't touch the menu for long enough, it starts playing that first song. Otherwise, it doesn't play it in the game. I know that you're out there. Yeah, it doesn't play. Huh. Weird, right? Weird, silly decisions that they decided to put make on that. I'm distraught. Okay, well, that's my that's my last fixation because I could just keep going on. No, really on. could. Uh, well, it's funny that, that you chose that as your last, last fixation because my last fixation is also a video game. Oh, I know what you're going to say, probably. Yeah, of course you know. So it's... I've been... This is a game... It's another remake, actually. Uh-huh. Well, this one, so Rhapsody wasn't really a remake. It was just republished. Yeah. Revamped. Uh-huh. Yeah. This game that I'm playing is an actual remake. It's actually called, the title has the word remake in it. Okay. So they took some liberties and changed some things. This one I actually did write down some notes for because it's just, there's just so much. Um, so it is Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And now... The original Final Fantasy VII came out in 1997. They started working on it in 1994. And oh, okay. Honestly, so if I don't think our I don't think our brothers of Patreon don't know this isn't Patreon. This is just a tangent. It is. I don't know if he's going to hear this or not, but um, if I'm wrong on any of this, sorry, fix it later. I could only write <laughs> so many notes. But you're like Final Fantasy VII. Like how is how is there seven Final Fantasies? Well, it's the original like the game makers made Final Fantasy and it's like the guy was ready to you know quit he's like I'm about to retire I'm gonna put everything I've ever wanted in a video game into this one video game and call it Final Fantasy mm-hmm. well it went so well that everyone's like another one he's like it's literally the final but okay and now like so many Final Fantasies later I don't know how many there are mm-hmm. technically it's at like 16 but there's been like iterations and blah 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 yeah but um yeah, so this game took three years to make. Back in 94 to 97, it was released. Mm-hmm. And then there was actually... So it wasn't meant for PlayStation. It's a PlayStation game, thank God, because that's the best. PlayStation game uh, Game systems are superior, and I don't care what 
anybody has to say game about that. Game systems or games? Game systems. Like, okay. Xbox can't compare. Sorry. It just can't. <laughs> uh, fighting words. Well, Final Fantasy originally was a Nintendo game. And okay. it was going to stay that way. But essentially, they Nintendo had a certain format. It was like an 8-bit blocky format. Mm-hmm. PlayStation as a CD started to get away from that and make like more shapes basically than squares. Yeah. And um, the game fi- the game file for this game was so big that they were like, "You have to Nintendo, you have to change how you're going to make this, or it just physically won't work." And Nintendo's like, "No, we're not change like we can't. We're not changing that. That's who we are." Hmm. So they're like, "Okay, well then we're going to PlayStation." And they don't think I don't think they think. I don't think they thought they were going to lose out as much as they did because Final Fantasy VII was, like, big. Uh-huh. It went very well, um, obviously, because here we are remaking. It's one of the only... I think it's the only remake so far. Again, God, if Brian hears this, he's going to be like, what an idiot. <laughs> anyway, so the Final Fantasy VII remake came out in 2020. I was a little behind on the game because I just started playing it last year in 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but in real time, actually, when this comes out, I think, if I'm not crazy, might be the release of the second part of Final Fantasy VII. So the thing is, the the original game was big. It was four discs long. It uh-huh. had its own little book, right? Titanic and, uh, up in here. Pretty much. Two VHS. <laughs> and now, even still, like, they created, they made the remake knowing that it was going to be a trilogy or knowing that it was going to be longer. Mm-hmm. It's been four years since the first part. So like, let that sink in. Like another idea, Final Fantasy IX, I believe, was or eight. One of them was a very, very popular one, like mm-hmm. probably the most popular. Um, and they have come out and said flat out that they don't think they'll do a remake of it because they think the time that it would take to make a game that size, like be the way that it needs to be, would take 15 years. Oh, my. So they're like, we're just not doing that. And people are kind of mad, but whatever. Anyway, uh, I have been fixated on Final Fantasy VII and everything about it. And I don't know. I watched my brother play it when we were little. Mm-hmm. And it stuck with me. I didn't reg- I didn't understand the storyline when I was little. I had no idea what was happening. I just remembered I liked watching it. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Red 13 at all? Does that ring any bells? Like the no. like I saw these names coming up. I was like, oh my God, it's just sparking all these crazy embedded memories of watching Brian play. No. Well, it the whole kind of premise of the story is there is the world is there's a life source, right? It's kind of like sort of like our gasoline, but deeper than that. Mm-hmm. They call it Mako. Mako is like the life source of the planet. It's what makes everything exist. Mm-hmm. Well, this giant company has taken advantage of that, Shinra, and they're like, we're going to harness Mako and use it to power everything and anything in our lives. Well, there's an extremist group. It's like an eco-extremist group mm-hmm. that they're like, you can't bleed the planet dry of Mako. Like, then everything will die. There, It goes back, like, to ancient times where they believed, like, uh... What's there's like a phrase for it. but anyway, mm-hmm. people who die go back to the earth, turn back into Mako. It's this life cycle, reincarnation, sort of like it's you're the life. It's the lifeblood of the planet and the people. So the people that die go back to the earth, mm-hmm. and it's just it, you know, repeats itself. So this, I mean, they are an extremist group. It's called Avalanche, and they're like trying to stop Shinra from stealing the Mako from the planet. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't, it's, you're part of this extremist group. It's really weird because you're, they're technically like the bad guys. Like you're, you, a lot of people start dying because they're like, we're going to do a good thing and just destroy these, these hubs that are sucking up the Mako. They end up like destroying entire cities. Like Shinra basically gets mad. Everything is, oh my gosh, I, it's, it's, it's <laughs> such a huge game. Everything is very industrial and steel work now. Uh-huh. And there's a plate. Your sky is now a metal plate. You don't see the sky anymore. It is manufactured for you by using Mako. Oh, and to okay. power on the lights that look like the sky. <laughs> um, it's giving very uh, Truman Show if you've never seen it. But anyway. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I like Recently? it. Recently? No. Oh. Okay. I just thought you had, I don't know. That seemed like a movie you wouldn't have watched for some reason. No, I really like it. And I want Maddie to see it because she hasn't seen it. Oh, yeah. It's. It's weird. It's frustrating. It's kind of scary in a way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but anyway, there's a steel plate that there are people who live below the steel plate. It's the slums, the the poor people, basically, the everyday people. And then there are people who live on top of the plate that are basically just Shinra employees. Uh-huh. Um, Avalanche, this extremist group, makes Shinra so mad that Shinra... There's eight plates, I think. Like, it's split up into eight segments. Uh-huh. Shinra gets so mad at this Avalanche group for trying to stop them that they drop one of the plates on one of the sections which they end up saying is about 80,000 people they drop a giant metal plate down to like town. yeah and everybody dies oh um it's only the first part of 3 and you watch 3 of the main characters die uh-huh. and it's like oh like it's very frustrating uh-huh um but there's a the one thing I want to say is I just don't even know how to begin how like this game has sucked up my life, but it, it's so it means so much. I don't know. I was getting like kind of emotional about it, um, but there's a line there. It's I, I saw a story come out that it was like two days before the the game is supposed to come out. I don't know. I don't remember the timeline. I'm confused, right? Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a trilogy. Only part two is coming out, but they said that. Right before this game is coming out, Square Enix has put in a patch that fixed some, it said some bugs. One of the bugs is they changed the final line spoken in the game. And I'm like, when you say the game, do you mean part two or the game? Because mm-hmm. I'm confused now. But regardless, I feel like you don't even have to understand what's going on with the game to know that this line change, stupid. Most of the dialogue that the, is in this game is a direct, like it's exactly as game one. Yeah. The original line whatever happened, I don't even remember what happens. Like I said, I don't remember this game is one of the players looks up and somehow they have gotten away from the, the steel plates Uh and they see the real sky and they look up and they say the steel sky, I miss it. And that's the last line spoken in the game. Uh huh. They put in a patch that changed that line to this sky. I don't like it. Oh. How stupid does that sound? Like, and there's like a whole, they tried to explain it in like a, I don't even know how to explain it. Like Maybe the translation? No, because actually the direct translation was even more artsy than that. Like they, I can't remember how they justified it. It says, or no, so the original line is, I miss it, the steel sky. Uh, and the person refers to the dystopian architecture that existed beneath them their entire life. 
Mm-hmm. And in that moment, this person is supposed to be celebrating their freedom, pondering the possibilities of suddenly being free to explore the entire world, not being bound by corporate shackles or familial guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, but fear still overrides their curiosity and having just reversed their fate and potentially their own death, they're still afraid of the unknown. Like, it's a very deep thing. Right. They change it to this sky. I don't like it. And their whole argument was, well, like that, they're like, that more encompasses the body of like, the fear of the unknown. Like, I don't like the way it is now. I'm like, it's so, it's not artsy anymore. It doesn't have the same. fearful. It's just like a. This guy, I don't like it. Yeah. And there was huge backlash. People are so mad. They also put in a patch to take away, uh, not Aerith, Tifa is a character. Uh, they gave her more clothes in one of the scenes to hide her cleavage. <laughs> I don't know. I was like that one. Well, because I guess it's probably good because it's a, supposed to be a flashback scene where she's like kind of a child. And in the first part, they have her wearing a different outfit than she wore in the original game. And so they said they changed it for continuity. They added the same kind of clothes. Uh-huh. But also it's like low key because she's like a teenager and they're like that's a lot of boob so they came, right. they're like we added an undershirt for tifa oh god her outfit is very skimpy also tifa and Aerith are two of the main girls in the game just kiss already <laughs> my gosh no the queer baiting in that game is wild like i'm just i'm like you guys you're not even hiding this like <laughs> i just kiss like i don't i don't know what to say because the whole thing is like you're playing as Cloud and he's got love interests everywhere he turns. You've got Jesse, you've got Aerith, you've got Tifa, uh-huh. you got Barrett, not really Barrett's not. Um, <laughs> but all of these girls really want him. And I was like, why get Cloud out of here? Like he can have Jesse. That's true. Jesse like wants him so bad. It's sick. Uh, so go ahead and have those two. And then Tifa and Aerith literally say there's like, oh, man, just <laughs> I'm going to look it up one day and look at everybody saying Tifa and Aerith need to be together because they're talking about like their plans for they're worried about the plate falling. Uh-huh. And they're like what are we going to do when we save the day and the plate doesn't fall and they're like let's just send Cloud to go get our stuff and we'll like they're planning and they're like it's a date then and they just stare Tifa saves Air Listen. <laughs> no, there's a cutscene where you're fighting a boss and the boss is jumping after Aerith, I think. Does Cloud jump in to save her? No, but you know who does? Tifa. And it's a slow-mo. She runs and like bear hugs her and throws her out of the way. And it slow-mos and they like land together, laying together. And I'm like, why did you do that? You didn't have to do that. And then Cloud's over here like, I got a sword. Like he's not. (laughs) Tifa loves. They love each other. It's true love. (laughs) Just write your own fan fiction. No, I'm going to. That's, you know, someone told me that. They're like, if you don't like, like, if you don't like the way something was written, write it yourself. Uh And I think that's how fanfic happens. Yeah, I mean, heck, that's where Fifty Shades came from. It's like more sex, more banging. No, I think that's stupid. (laughs) But just some of the scenes, the animation is very, very good. Like when Uh I watched the first time I started up Final Fantasy VII and watching the little intro credits and just the world building and showing you the scenery and the whatever it's like watching a movie like granted Uh when you get into the gameplay the animation's not as good but for what it is i was like holy crap like Uh it's so overwhelming how good it looks um including the looks that eric gives to (laughs) you stop it no i wish like 
even Maddie has said, I, I replayed a scene to show her. I was like, look at the way, because there, I can't even remember what's happening, but at a point, Aerith says something, and it is the most, I didn't look at Maddie this way on our wedding day. I said, <laughs> why did she look at her like that? It's so, oh my God, it's so queer coded. It's so, just be together, my gosh. Goodness sake. That's all. If you look it up, I guarantee I can't be the only one saying this is blatantly obvious that you've made these two fall in love. Okay? <laughs> God. No, I was looking, I opened my phone back up and it was on Rhapsody and I saw the composer for Rhapsody is Tenpai. Alan Menken? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tenpai Sato. Okay. And he's been working since 1988. He's Good for him. Composer and voice actor. Hmm. And I'm just like, Wow. Also known as Strawberry Boy. Oh, it weirdly like, sounds familiar. This is the man who wrote the Rhapsody. music for the. Com- it's a composer, so I don't. I don't know. So good, probably not the lyricist, but um, yeah, I'm gonna have to look more into that because I don't know. I think the main canon for everybody for Final Fantasy VII though is Cloud and Tifa because they've been they were the ones that they were like friends when they were little they grew up together Aerith just pops up out of nowhere Jesse definitely pops up out of nowhere so I think the the popular storyline is that Cloud ends up with Tifa uh but not in my book not in my book sweaty I just clicked on more to find out about the music (laughs) okay The music was, it says, having composed and performed musicals in the past, Sato composed the game's musical numbers. The music was recorded at Sato's home studio, where he upgraded it to include Pro Tools as well as a recording booth. Despite the vocal booth at his studio being narrow and the recording sessions taking place during the summer, Sato admitted that the cast sang their best. (laughs) When he heard the English versions of the song, he was able to... Hear the styles of Disney and Broadway. I can see that. I mean, yeah. It's, oh no, it's I there. do see that. Yeah, <sighs> it is. It gives Disney a little bit. It does. I don't know, bro. Wow, this was the tangent we needed. Yeah, I love talking about this stuff. <sighs> I like honestly. So I have a couple tattoos. I want more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny. Raps. I have. Uh, a Harry Potter tattoo. Listen, we all make mistakes. So. Separate the art from the artists. Yeah. Uh, and then I have a Kingdom Hearts tattoo. Mm-hmm. And honest, I video games are very important to me. I think the one thing is, when I say I haven't found anything that sparks joy, I unfortunately live in a capitalist society. I'm like, when things spark joy, I'm like, I want to make a living off of it. Can't always be the case. But for me, it sounds so stupid and so lame and so lazy, but I think the thing that brings me joy is video games. It really does. And it takes all kinds. You know, there are people out there who that is their, that's how they make money well, and I how they Well, I have to live. be good at them <laughs> to make it a living. I really enjoy them. Does that make me very good at them? Probably not. No, in the grand scheme of things, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, up against other people, probably, but not, not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think... I forgot that I want a ra- I'm trying to figure out because I want a Rhapsody tattoo and a Final Fantasy tattoo. Like uh-huh. I've decided that I think that's my next move. Uh, it's weird that you don't have any. It's weird to think about that sometimes. I would like to get some. They're on my to-do list. Um, Is it weird that I have them? Sometimes I think about it, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like I sat and did that. This one took three and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, I was sweating. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like I wanted to get a Sailor Moon tattoo 
Um, I love My Chemical Romance for so long. <laughs> I want to get a My Chem tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have I have the ideas in mind. Yeah, it's just getting them on my body in the placement. Yeah, I just like finding things that I really enjoy and that I'm passionate about, and you can just talk about them, like talk about them for oh I don't know, an hour and a half. Yeah, so I figured we were running long on this one. I mean, we've had hour and fifteen minutes. This really isn't that bad, but I hope everybody liked them also. I don't know. There, someone, someone in these listening to this is going to relate to one of these things, even if it wasn't the main fixation. We talked about a million things, right? I feel like when when you're listening to an, a podcast, a radio station, whatever, and they throw out some random, like, well, I'm sure no one's ever heard of a troll in Central Park, but I'm gonna and talk you perk it. up. You're like, what? And you like screech because you're like, oh my god, I know that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, why I, a troll in Central Park is what popped in my head. I don't, I'll never know, but. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just, hopefully you were listening and we mentioned something and you went, oh, I'm not the only one. Like, if any of you played Rhapsody. Oh my gosh. I know that you're out there and I'm, I'm waiting, waiting for, for you to dump, get dump, back dump. to us. So, <laughs> yeah, I, man. I, or if you're someone who likes to find new things and you listen to this and you're like, now I want to give Rhapsody a try. I mm-hmm. don't think we didn't give away the ending of anything, really. No. Um, God, I was going to talk about Stardew Valley. Oh, man. <laughs> it's video games. I just really like video yeah, games. And I feel like I'm okay. that's what this episode was. It's not. Yeah. No, it's not. But um, hopefully you found something new. Something we talked about sparked some interest and now you're going to check out crocheting. Because it can't. When I got in the groove of it, it really... It's kind of mindless and nice to just, I don't know. Detach for yeah. a little bit. Because if you get good enough at it, like Maddie will watch shows and listen to audiobooks and do other things while, I mean, not with her hands, while she's right. crocheting. Yeah. Um, I just think when you hear someone speak with passion about something, it's like, yeah, yeah. Even mm-hmm. if you don't want to check out any of these things, it's like, maybe you're like, you know, I picked up that hobby. I wanted to try it. I think I'm going to get back into scrapbooking. I think I'm going to get into stamps. I think I'm going to... Whatever your hobby is. It's like, you know, I thought about it. We're going to get into gardening. It's the tis the season. Like, it's got to be about time we start our seeds and everything, so... Ah, which, thank goodness you said that, actually, because that reminds me of the news we get to share. Oh. You're like, huh? What news? Yeah, I'm still lost. We have said this from, like, after the first year of podcasting, we're like, we're going to have our own recording studio. Oh. We're going to have our own space. We're going to stop recording in Kelsey's spare bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, never did it happen because just life and things and whatnot, you know. And I think, I don't know. I think we're in the green. I think we can say this, that we. I know. I, I didn't say it because I was like, it keeps feeling like it's not, not real. Yeah. But we have a space. A, desi- a designated, dedicated space for recording. our recording and for crafting, mm-hmm. which is it's a whole separate thing. I know that has nothing to do with it, but like how Maddie and I both crochet and we both like to read and paint. We just we do all the crafty stuff. We have a location that we're going to be working on and turning into a studio type place that is also going to house uh, our recording. 
stuff. Thank God. I'm so ready. I was just actually, while we were doing this at the beginning, looking around at like, this is going to go there and this is going to go there and and that's going to go go there. And like, I will, and that's going to go and I'm going to have a room again. Mm -hmm. Like for the first time since I've had the house, actually. activities. And it may be time to start actually video recording us because I also have all the stuff for that sitting at my house. Like all our stuff's in separate places. This is, and it's starting literally with a fresh slate so we can start it from scratch the way that we need to and Mm -hmm. want to. And I think it's exciting uh, to think about what we can do with the space that we're going to have. Yeah. And um, I think uh, our hope is to maybe be recording out of there by April. That's the, I feel like that's a, a realistic, a yeah, goal. A reasonable time frame to get moved in and going. So, yeah, by April, hopefully it'll sound better. Maybe you'll see us. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the gardening thing, you said that because it's a very, the place we have has a very it's large It's very versatile, lot. yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm just thinking family garden mm-hmm. in that space next to the garage. Just There's a lot of good sunlight. That's the problem with my yard is I don't, not a ton of sun. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm thinking family garden. I'm going to send a family text after this episode's done. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to wrap up this tangent. Holy cow, was it needed? Yeah. Now I, like it's a little late. No, I can't. Oh man. Because I <laughs> open tomorrow. I was like, now I want to play. Final Fantasy, or go watch an episode of The Great British Bake Off, baking show. Sorry, I hate that some some of my fixations have to do with my hands. Like I can put an audiobook in, which is cool, uh, and then I can crochet. But I'm like, but what about Rhapsody? And yeah, I, so. I feel like sometimes I just have too many things that I want to do, and I'm like, I don't know how to choose. Yeah, cleaning my house. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I'm, look, I'm getting just tired <laughs> thinking about it. Um, yeah, so that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Next week, we are going to be uh, talking to you guys about somewhere we've investigated. Mm-hmm. And the day after you're hearing this, if I get my life if together, goes well. <laughs> you'll, we'll have a Patreon episode for you also. Yes, we'll have it posted. Um, right. I think that's all. I, I don't... There was other news, but I think I'm going to hold off on it. I'm going to give it one more week. Uh, I think it'd be good to announce it on our investigation. So come back for that. If you made it through this episode, congratulations. <laughs> claps all around yeah, for you. Yay. Um, yeah. Hopefully we'll have some more fun stuff to announce next time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go turn the heat on now because I'm cold. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is done by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsothesaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all at orsothesaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsothesaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've gathered during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. 
You can find Or So They Say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See you next week. Thank <laughs> you.